Shall we go for round two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's do this. You'll hear this story and you'll also be gaining knowledge when you listen to it on how to do these things. I realized that like my concern was really just what people were gonna think of my decision and oh my god she's crazy what is she doing she's not you know she's supposed to be pursuing a career this is when she's supposed to be finding a job and I that doesn't appeal to me that yeah. never appealed to me. Play a major role in spreading the love and the joy and uh, reducing our imprint you know for for future generations and for all that we share this planet with. I was just embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't do it, like I had already failed. I had no idea what I was doing. What did I get myself into? What was I thinking? Our history of humanity really revolves around great people. And that's, that's all we know about. And why is that? It's because the insignificant people weren't important enough that somebody would take the time to document their life. Okay, everyone, hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with a really special human, and although this is our second time trying to record this intro, I still mean it when I say it the second time. Um, and this person was on our last podcast episode which is doing really well, and I'm really excited about that. Um, and he's the first person, I think, besides me, to be on two podcast episodes in a row. <laughs> um, so let's yeah. get into everything that we're going to talk about today. I'm really excited, and I'm going to hand it over to you. So can you just introduce yourself, um, tell us who you are and what you do, even though it's so much? <laughs> okay. So, uh, Dash Meisla, I'm based in Africa, East of Africa, Uganda, Kampala. Uh, a vegan, animal liberation activist under the umbrella of Podeshka Foundation. Uh, what we do under that is all we look up to providing better services for both humans and non-humans. So all our projects under the human sector focus on improving their lives or better, but then at the same time, have being able to live with the non-humans equally, whereby they are respected with, they are respected, their lives are given value plus dignity. So, like, let me say, every all our all our projects for the humans support the non-humans because we believe that the non-humans are here with us rather not for us so yeah that's it <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome and for those of you who are listening um you can go back to our last podcast episode and it covers we basically break down that whole thing that dosh just said like we go and we talk about all the different layers that his um organization has and what they do for humans non-humans and women and children so we break all of that down in the last podcast episode so if you listen to this and you're really excited and you want to get to know him and his work better you should go listen to the last one um, all right so today we're talking about a little bit what you just explained to us but we're talking about a new project that we're doing but before you tell us about that project I get to ask you one random question 
that helps us get to know you. So my question for you today is, if we lived in a world where COVID wasn't happening and all of these different things, and you had just three days to go anywhere in the world and do any activity that you wanted to do, where would you go and what would you do for three days? Wow, all right. That's a tough one. It has to be one activity, right? Yeah, you could obviously do other things while you're there, but if you could pick one activity that you know that you could do, what would that be? Like, if you always wanted to go skydiving or snorkeling or, you know. Activism. You know what? Um, activism. Why? The place. The place. I need... I, there's no place in particular, but I need, it would be a very, very remote area that is so remote, you know? And why would they, why would, why would they choose to go and do activism? Like, uh, there's nothing that gives me joy, like giving light, more light onto something that people didn't know about and it's life changing. Mm-hmm. You know, why? Because I'm choosing as some a place that's so remote all over the world. It's because it's remote, meaning people never reach there. So if I have the opportunity to reach in that area, throw the light onto them about about the activism, and give them the information that's life changing. My God. <laughs> but <laughs> would you be doing activism you know? for uh, animals? I still like my 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 goal is always to support both because we call both both systems like the humans and the non-humans. So we're looking for something that's remote, a place that's remote for for humans who are living there, and then try because they're always above. They believe they're above, and then have to bring up this other hand of the non-humans, and then put it on the same level. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's it's kind of I don't know. In an adventure, so someone will be asking why really you know, you've been given an opportunity to go an adventure, do this, do skydiving, do jumping, bungee jumping, do what? Then why choose? Uh, like, I'll, yes, you do bungee jumping in the morning and in the evening. It will be all like all the same, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, I went in the morning. Oh, that's all. <laughs> but then activism, activism is something. Honestly, it's something. It's something you do. It's something you can travel for, like for a week, and you do overactive for a week, and you still live by that for the rest of your lifetime. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because because you believed you've changed something. You've changed someone's thinking, and it's for the better of everyone. You know. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and I totally feel that because sometimes when I'm traveling um, and I do something like, I don't know, a really cool hike or the cliff jumping into the water thing, that's really fun, but then I'm like, yeah, I did that, that's really fun. But then when I meet up with a local chapter 
of like animal rights activists or human rights activists and do work with them, it feels like a huge adventure because you're getting to know those local people and you're getting to know the culture more and you're getting to talk and share new ideas and that's like a whole nother type of adventure that's on a whole nother level. Yeah, let's see, that's a thing. Like, you know, the people you meet, the things you do, those you hold, you live by that for the rest of your life, you know? And yes. it gives you that feeling, so that's it, yeah. Well, that's a great segue into what we're talking about today, because we're talking about um, an initiative that you started that you're going to do that is going to help a lot of people in your community. So can you tell us what is Project GROW? Project GROW. So as you feel, as you hear the word GROW, um, initially we had this program called the Vegan, we have, okay, so it's still running the vegan feeding program where we are trying to feed people vegan-based deity, the vulnerables, but those who don't have what to eat. Now, it comes to the mind that it's not self-sustaining. We can't, there's no way, we can't keep on asking. Because if you look at COVID, we had this this campaign, the GoFundMe we set up to support the vulnerable, to support this vegan feeding program to feed the people during the emergency period. Well, yeah, still about, about that, I appreciate all those who came out and shared and donated. So that took up, took up a lot of money. And we realized that we can't be coming out every time to ask for people to support. Like, people get tired of supporting as every, every time, as long as something's not sustaining. However much you're helping, but then it's not sustaining. Like, at one point, someone gets tired. Now, we, we like, what do we need to do? The problem is, we, the problem is people, we have the people, but then we don't have where to grow the food from. Like most of the communities, look at our beneficiaries, they are in slums, and in slums, it's door to door. There, there is no play area for kids. Like the moment you, you leave this house, you're on to the next one. There's a lot of congestion. So we think of, a project that's going to help and we come about project grow whereby we are going to be able to bring food to the doorsteps of these people people are going to be able to grow their own food through containers small containers which we can hang maybe on their verandas maybe on the sheds for those who have sheds all those who have who have little space. We are going to make sure we use the very, very little little spaces these people have in their homes so that they can grow their own food. And we are going to monitor this because this project grow first of first and foremost what we are having is going to be launched on the seventeenth. It's poverty day. And the the whole essence is that we are going to first do a pilot for three months up to the end of this year, mm -hmm. and then come January we are going to launch the whole project countrywide. So it's this we are coming up with project grow, and we are we are looking for for funds internally, roughly three thousand four hundred US dollars. That's two thousand nine hundred GBP. So so that after we finish this first pilot and then you shall have to apply for grants at the bigger level. Now coming back to Project Grow, it has two parts. It has the food provision. It has first of all the kind of food that's going to be grown is divided into 
you have the cash crops and then those to be feeded now for the food for the veggies all the veggies are going to be consumed home at home home level and then we are going to also have a project for mushrooms now these mushrooms are going to be more soulful whereby these vulnerable people are going to be able to our beneficiaries are going to be able to sell off this food the mushrooms and be able to have that income because talking about what we are talking about here we are talking about people who can't even earn a dollar a week or even a month that's what we're talking about these are the kind of people we are talking about because a dollar is roughly three thousand seven hundred now if a dollar here is three thousand seven hundred now i'm talking about people who can't earn one thousand Ugandan shillings a week you know or even a month so if so you see that if you, if you give them this food and they can grow their own food as we monitor them and then after going their own food they can sell part of it on that income they can live with and then they can feed the rest of their families now, now that's part of project grow it's for the, for health and then another thing for each step of this project we are going to talk about veganism right before the before we start the implementation we are going to start with an orientation on how the whole project is going to grow with the beneficiaries now we have to talk about veganism because we are a vegan based foundation so people need to know our standards why we are doing this why we are doing plant-based farming and not animal agriculture so we have we have we have to tell them the dangers of animal agriculture and why we are choosing not to do it so the whole point is that we are going to tell them on the dangers of animal agriculture on the dangers of animal exploitation so we are going to give them the light we are going to give out more light on that not that we are going to force them to go vegan that's what most people can fail to understand we are going to tell our beneficiaries that if you're not a vegan you're not going to do this okay but we are going to tell each and our each of our beneficiaries about the benefits of being vegan of treasuring the, the lives of the non-humans you understand so yeah that's part of it then another part of it is the recycling of waste uh you look at where we're from remember the project is going to be implemented in the slums our people dispose a lot of food cabbage the food remains and and they mix them and they mix them with all other kind of wastes and then these things are later on thrown or dumped in into the compounds you know they, there are no specific points where they can dump them some of them whereas others have rubbish bins where they dump but then they all mix and then they're given away and then they're taken somewhere owners so we are going to also do recycling whereby we are going to have we are going to provide containers of bits of bins for these people whereby they have to the decomposing waste where where they can keep it and then later on we shall be collecting this and then taking it somewhere to decompose recycle and then bring it as fertilizers because we're talking about natural fertilizers we are talking about organic you know everything has to be organic homemade we don't want chemicals into anything because we want something healthy and fresh for our beneficiaries 
because we are looking at the healthy aspect as well. This project looks at the healthy aspect, the environmental aspect, and the animal aspect. You know, and we value all of those of them. So we have to take them all at the same level. So yeah, basically that's it. Awesome. So make, I'm making sure that uh, that I'm repeating these parts of the project for myself, actually, so I can remember. Because that's even more than I, I thought that you were doing, that I knew of. Um, so that's really exciting. So basically, you have families in your community who are in need of basic things like food. And you did uh, do the project that you talked about before, where it was the feeding program, which I got to see when I was there. And we talked about in the last podcast episode. But after you realized that that might not be sustainable, like especially in pandemics, you know, with COVID and all this stuff, you're thinking of a way to, you know, keep people fed on their own, you know, empowering them. So you're going to do the gardens to feed themselves, which will be in raised boxes or hanging. And then you're going to do mushrooms, which they can sell. And you also want to do compost toilets to use as fertilizers for the gardens. If that's, is that correct? Yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah, that was, that's really exciting. I wanted to repeat that so that I made sure that I like took all of that in. Um, because there's so many parts to this project, but I do, yeah, it seems like it's something that can really be done, you know, that can actually be really helpful and, and stand for a long time. So I had a couple questions for you that I was writing down while you were talking um, okay. that I thought of. So my first question for you is how many families, if you know, are you trying to target? And how do you choose which families are going to be the beneficiaries of this? Um, now, uh, we're having more of like 10 families, but then with big numbers. And so another question, how? How are we choosing these families? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we are being on the level of vulnerability, you know, because now all of these people are vulnerable. But then, who is more vulnerable? And then, at another point, in these same families, we have kids who are vegan. You understand? And we have a vegan-based foundation. So, first, we go in with those who are where we have the beneficiaries who are vegans, because with these kids who are vegans, they are having a, an issue of food. Like, because, yeah, the, you know, as family issues in the family, there are those vegan kids, and then there's those who are not vegans, and maybe even their parents are not vegans, so they cook food on their own convenience, and then they leave out, you know, their kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, those are kind of the families we are putting first. We are trying to set up something for those kids. So that's how we decided to choose. And then from there, what, what's next? Now the level of vulnerability, who's more vulnerable than the other? You know, if if this person can earn 1,000 Ugandan shillings a week, who's that who can't? Who's, who's this, who's, which family finds it hard to get food than the other family? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's how, because we have lived with these people and it's a pilot, so it's that's easy one at one point because we know who and how yes that's it oh yeah you know i didn't even think of what you were talking about where there are some kids who are already vegan 
And I'm assuming it's in thanks to your um, program that you've been doing in schools and that you've been doing in the community. community. But I would, yeah, imagine that with everything going on and then already experiencing lack of resources, that it would be hard to stay vegan and, you know, eat and live in align with your ethical values. So I think that's really cool that you are doing that and that you're going to offer those kids some support. Yeah, sure. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, hopefully people will listen to this and we'll spread the word and we'll try to spread it in different ways. And if people who are listening really like this, they can share it and hopefully we'll get, just get the word out. Hopefully. Hopefully. I think that, I think you can do it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I had a couple more questions for you. Okay. Your core team of people that you have there, about how many people do you have on the ground helping you there to like go set up the garden boxes and go give the orientation and all of these things? Um, now, um, basically, my team is not big. It's not really big. I wouldn't say with many, but the good thing is this is a community project. And our beneficiaries know that whatever we're doing, we're trying to help them, which is a good thing. So what does this mean? This means that people are willing to step up and support where like such numbers of making the containers um, evaluate. Now, minus evaluation, of course, we, are, we have a team that's going to evaluate the project on this process because we are going to be updating people on every step we take via our social media platforms. I will be recording this to show the success because we need to apply for grants after the pilot. So back to the question is that uh, we have a team of the volunteers, the usual volunteers, but then also the community itself, people are willing to come up, step up and support each other where it comes to stages when many people are required to step up, up and help. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and that, I think, is how you get a lot of things done with community help, especially when it's a project for the community. Um, so these people are going to be involved in making the boxes and setting all of this up. Now, my next question for you is that are you a good gardener? Do you know people in your community who are good at gardening? Do you feel like the people who are going to be the beneficiaries might know how to garden or know someone who can help them? How is that gardening process going to go? And I'm curious of this because I'm not good at gardening. Um, <laughs> because I haven't practiced enough. So I'm just, you know, thinking here, do you have a sort of system set up with someone or multiple people who are, who are good at gardening who can kind of lead the way? Um, I personally am from a background of farmers, so that's that's an upper hand. But with this, we, we're trying to do things in a professional way and efficient way and things that can really help. And it can be it can be a one man team. So uh with with our veggies, minus the mushrooms, okay, all we're having two different people or professions who are going to come up who are specifically designed to do that. And they're willing. So that's why I remember when I was thinking about the orientation. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, the orientation goes like we are going to first talk about veganism and all and all the aspects within the veganism the veganism field, and then we shall have to we are going to have the theoretical bit of the teaching with all the benefit because the orientation is going to have all the beneficiaries gathered in one place. However, much we are still we shall still follow the COVID SOPs and standard operating procedures. So, um, after us going through the veganism and all its aspects, we are going to go the theoretical bit of gardening, the vegetables, the continuum of gardening, whereby the professionals, because they are, and if you look at the budget, all this is catered for in the budget, the professionals are going to come out and teach these people on how it's done. And then after the veggies, we shall have also the theoretical bit of the mushroom growing, mm-hmm. where they are going to come and teach. So. And then also the recycling. I myself, I did even uh, I did the uh, the course. Sorry, I went and learned on the recycling course. I wasn't really, you know, well versed with it, so I had to do that one. Did so, you do the Earthship one? No, the Earthship one is for house construction and so on. That's okay. the one that is taking, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. This is all about recycling of wastes, food waste muscle into you know decomposing waste and manure. Is it not manure? Into fertilizers or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are having professionals who are going to come and teach the beneficiaries on what and how and when to do what they're supposed to do. So basically, yeah. Yeah, you got you got it all ready to go. Yeah, we 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 really really came up with a good plan with the team who decided because we had to before we came out to ask for this we had to first sit down and know how when why we doing what we're doing and how we how we have to do it for it to be very patient you know mm-hmm. so that we can really get what we want at that point so basically yeah yeah okay this is awesome so you have this whole plan laid out and ready to go now, if someone listening wants to help you, if they want to donate, or if they can't donate, how can they help you? How can they help you get this project started? Um, first and foremost, for those who can donate, we have set up a donor box. It's called a donor box. It's also uh, where you can donate from, a donor box link. Because now, and then you also have it attached to the website. So, for each individual, Who's willing to help to fund to donate? They can always go through those links, and then those who can fund, of course, what they can do is share, so that the message can reach a wider audience, donors, capable donors, and much as so. And every single penny counts, you know, because um, we're planning to launch this in our its time. Today is 13th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're planning to launch this on the 17th. You know. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's it. Cool. So, yeah, everyone listening, even if you could donate a dollar, ten dollars, whatever you can do to help launch this project. And, Dash, do you think you would want to come back on the podcast for a third time once this project gets started and once it's been going a little bit just to kind of update us and tell us what's going on? Yeah, I do. Your pleasure because um first and foremost people people need to know where their money is going and how it's being used you know or like i'd say we are going to be we are going to be doing updates onto 
on our social media pages but then we shall also of course if i'm given a chance to i'll be happy to come back and then update tell them where it's been spent and how far we have gone what we're facing here and there and so on and so forth yeah that would be awesome also I, obviously it would be awesome to catch up on what you're doing and hear how it's going but i think that this is also a really um sustainable model and thing that you're doing so hopefully that activists that are listening are able to either replicate this or just get some ideas from this um, or they're able to follow along with you and be inspired and maybe even do the same thing in their communities because i i'm really excited about this project because i feel like it is sustainable in the fact that you are giving the people the power to feed themselves and grow their own food and giving them that knowledge so that you can step away and they're like, okay, we got this. We can feed ourselves. We can generate an income. And then you can go on to the next thing, you know, and you can just check in as you need to. So I just feel like that's really empowering. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all the things that come out of this project. Yeah. And we need to feel that, that thing that people say that how veganism is expensive and how people can't, can't handle that, you know? Why, because the questions I'm always asking is what you eat. So whatever I eat is what I'm trying to implement. I'm trying to show them what I eat. You know, because it's, veggies are very cheap, oh my God, like so cheap. <laughs> and if we can help, you know, if we can help people or help them, at least that's a step. You know, it's a huge step. Because for food, it can be something else, but then veggies, veggies are very cheap and that's always an excuse for making so if someone can really come up and implement the same project in their home country home you know home state or whatsoever then it's a plus you know it's a plus and the most important thing is that it's fresh like lately nothing's fresh anymore you know all the supermarkets things like that they spend weeks but you think about something you're going to do in your own home then you're going to have it as fresh and nothing's nutritious as that you can't find anything better than that however much you travel in a thousand supermarkets it's never fresh oh so when yeah you go on food you know when you go on food and at the same time spread the word oh veganism so basically yeah that's it yeah so that's that's pretty positive all around uh, yeah well thank you for explaining this to us i hope that other people are as excited as i am for this um is there anything else that you want to share about the project about what you're doing anything <laughs> no don't really apart from thanking you for giving me this opportunity then i want to thank my team um like um, the international volunteers who are doing their UKs are doing a lot to make this happen. Then also the people, the brainstorms behind this. We have like Nithya, then the external advisor, Abindi, the professor, like they're doing their best to make this happen. They're using the right, right literature, you know, like, to make this a success this this specific project so i thank them a lot thank you each and everyone trying to make the foundation be a success lisa daniel zamada it's a lot i just can't stop mentioning you <laughs> so guys 
so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being such a great leader. Um, yeah, in in the real world, in the vegan world, in the activism world, which is the real world, all of those worlds. Um, so thank you for setting a really great example of being someone who actually just does things, you know? We try. We try. We try. <laughs> okay, hold on. Make the world a better place by leaving things better than I found it. You know, whether it be people or the planet or, you know, all kinds of things. Isn't there a quote that says, feel fear and do it anyways? Yeah. 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 So I think for us insignificance, we have to do it ourselves. A lot of people are doing things in their life that they're not completely happy with mm -hmm. and they're doing it just because you know it's a norm and they feel like they feel pressured by society definitely or they're just you know stuck in this rut mm -hmm. and you know ruts can be comfortable for people and they can be very comfortable comfort is not how you how you grow as a person <laughs>